welcome to the Rising Tide Greenville podcast. We are a community of small business owners and creative entrepreneurs gathering in the spirit of community over competition. We believe that you were built to belong, that you're not alone, and that there is power in community. Every two weeks on this podcast, we spotlight a local small business owner and tell their story. Joining me today is Victoria Yates. Victoria is an intuitive eating and body image coach for women. Her passion is to support women in becoming their best selves through feeling better in their bodies, both physically and mentally, so that they can be confident. I loved this conversation with Victoria. She is incredible. We talked about mindset around dieting and eating and also how the way that you think about food and your body can affect your business as well. So you don't want to miss this episode. Here's my conversation with Victoria Yates. Victoria, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Christy. It's so good to be here. So The main thing that we do on this podcast is we spotlight local small business owners to hear their stories. So I would love to hear the journey of how you got to where you are today. So tell me about that. Yeah, sure. So my background is actually nursing. So I was a nurse for five years before um, and kind of in the midst of transitioning to coaching full time. So um I worked as a nurse and I would say, I guess, how I got into coaching, it really started off, if I think about it, my husband and I um, moved and lived in New York for a couple of years while he did school. And um, we had just gotten married and I, you know, he was in graduate school studying all the time and, you know, all of that that involves graduate school. And I just started dabbling in t- in the blogging space and the online online space, not even the online business space. But um, I just started to explore like blogging. There was a time that I was experimenting with food blogging and all of that, which I quickly learned I am not a recipe developer or food photographer. That is not my expertise. I can follow a recipe, but I do not create recipes. <laughs> and so, yeah, then I just like started to real or started to explore and see that, okay, online business is a space and people are making use of that. And this was, I guess, in 2016. And um, then all this while too, I guess, side to that story, I, I had um, struggled with my relationship with food and body image and actually ended up with an eating disorder um, in high school and college. And um, I, I did a lot of like the work myself over those years but it really wasn't until one day I, I heard about something called intuitive eating and everything just met, made so much sense. And for I've heard from some people that, you know, it takes a little bit of time to really believe and feel like intuitive eating makes sense. But I maybe for my from my nursing background and just like science background, it made so much sense with how our bodies work that diets don't work and not even just diets, but like 
we don't have to control food. We don't have to really like count calories. I was a big time calorie counter. We don't have to count calories or macros or any of that, that we can really just rely on the physical cues our bodies give us. And so that was really where, you know, kind of like the nail in the coffin, I guess, of my issues with food. And um, it was from that point on that I really just grew in this belief that I can trust my body and that health doesn't like I can pursue health without it becoming something that I'm so obsessed with. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I also realized in that moment that I, of course, was not the only one who struggled in this way and that this was more of a widespread thing that I would actually even say that most women, if not all women, can relate with some variation of struggling with either their relationship with food or their body image or both. And so that's when I was like, I want to do this. I want to coach women and went on to get certified as an intuitive eating counselor and then as a health coach for nurses um, and started my business. So I started my business part-time while I was working as a nurse still. Um, and then when I had my son, my firstborn, I stopped traditional nursing and now I'm just doing coaching. So I've been just in the coaching space solely for the last two years now. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing your story. I know it can't be easy to talk about personal struggles and I appreciate you sharing that because I think it's so important for other people who do struggle to know that they're not alone. And I think that community um, is sometimes the first step that we need to have in order to find that bravery inside ourselves to get help for ourselves. So thank you for sharing that. And amazing that you have built a business out of this. I love that. I'm a huge um, I mean, I'm a business owner, so I love it when people um, talk about how they're passionate about what they do. And I can tell that you're passionate about this and how you're going out there and helping people. So congrats on being full time. Um, just good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I want to talk more about what you said about how everyone can benefit and, and you specifically work with women. Is that right? Yes, I do. So every, you know, all women can, I think, benefit from learning um, about how their thoughts about food affects their lives. And it's so important because diet culture is huge. You know, like there are people who will tell you, oh, you have to count calories. That's the only way. Or you have to do this. It's the only way. And for me personally, as someone who... I wouldn't say I'm like a health nut or anything. I'm definitely not anything like that. But I do, in some sense, carry shame around my body and around um, the fact that I'm not out there exercising every single day doing or, or doing the type of exercises that they say you need to do or like I'm not counting calories or I'm not doing like keto or whole 30 or all these diets that they say to do. And sometimes we can just feel bad about like living our own lives. And it sounds like what you're saying is we don't have to feel bad about, about living our own lives. Yeah. I think what I've found is we really like to look 
for something outside of us to tell us what we need to do because we don't really trust ourselves. So really a lot of the work, like a lot of the work that I do with my clients is helping them rebuild trust with themselves and, um, you know, doing work on self-identity. It's like all of these more kind of like life coachy things, but the end result is always to, you know, when we do have a good relationship with ourselves, when we do trust ourselves, we can take that and it does influence our health and wellness because like, for example, if you are feeling guilty or bad about your body and that's your motivator to go out and make changes, what I've found is that's just never a good motivation. Human beings are not motivated to make changes from a place of shame we are motivated because we love, you know, when it comes to our bodies, we love our bodies and not in the sense like we like every part of ourselves, but we just have a good relationship with ourselves. Like I like to see, to think about body image and like even my relationship with my body is like, my body is my best friend. She's just like there with me all the time. And, um, we're in this together and she wants to feel good. She wants to have good health and wellness. And so it's like us working together versus I think the message we get so often, which is so damaging is your body's out to get you and you can't trust your body. And so you have to look for these outside things like the next diet, which, um, you know, even from like, you know, I, I do do a lot of work on the mindset aspect, but even, you know, with my nursing and like sciencey background, this is all research-based and backed by science that diets don't work. We know that um, diets have a 95% fail rate. And it's like, I've heard the analogy of like, if a doctor was handing out medication that was, had a 95% fail rate, I mean, that would be like off the shelves immediately. And yet we're still trying to find the next diet and the next diet. But anything that is taking, that is giving you these external cues and not like, not, not encouraging you to really trust your body, it's not going to be sustainable. Um, So anyway, that's um, a little bit of like why I'm so passionate about this. Yeah. And you mentioned mindset, and I want to talk about that a little bit more. But before we get there, I want to talk about something that um, you mentioned before we started recording. You said that our relationship with food impacts everything else in our lives. When I first heard that, I thought, hmm, that's interesting. I don't know if I've ever thought about that. So maybe can you give me some more clarity on that? What are some examples or some ways that you've seen or or what are some examples of food impacting the, the way we think about food impacting the rest of our lives? Okay. I would love to share. And then I'm actually curious too, what your thoughts were as you thought about that more. I would love to know. I'm just curious. Um, so like, I know a lot of people listening are business owners. And so I think, you know, maybe even just relaying it to being a business owner might be helpful. But if you think about um, when you are on a diet, we'll start there. When you're on a diet, you are basically your brain is being, it's almost like it's in this starvation mode. So you are, your brain doesn't know that the grocery store is right down the down the road or that you have a pantry stocked full of food, anytime that you are 
either physically restricting, like say calories, or even just mentally in a restrictive type mindset where it's like, oh, I can't have carbs or I can't have sugar. Your brain kind of goes into this scarcity mentality Mm -hmm. and it thinks that you're in a famine. And so what happens there from a like physical standpoint, you start to think more about food. You start to think about those foods that are off limits. And this is why if you've ever been on a diet, when you are on a low carb diet, what are you always thinking about? You're thinking about carbs. When you're on a low sugar diet, you're always thinking about sugar. It makes it really hard. It's like your body is fighting against the diet because it's just not natural. And it's like your body is in that fight or flight protective mode. And so when it comes to our lives, you are all like food is just something that you're just going to be thinking about a lot. It's taking up a lot of mental spaces the way that I like to put it. And so you're not going to be able to spend the mental space and energy on the things that you're working on. So like for business, it's maybe taking up some space where you could be putting your energy and your thoughts to growing your business and um, getting out there and creating more. It's taking up a lot of that energy. Or for example, with um, like I see a lot of times our relationship with food is really interconnected with our own self-image and our own body image. And so, you know, Because what I see a lot of times is we don't turn to a diet, you know, just out of the blue. It usually comes from, I don't feel good about myself, um, or I just want to feel better. Those are usually the two reasons. And so if there's that self-image aspect, you're not, you're, you're lacking some confidence that is allowing you to get out there and really like share what your product is or what your service is because you're maybe spending a lot of energy trying to muster up the confidence. Um, so that's, a, that's like, as far as business goes, that's, you know, maybe an example, but even like with relationships, I know for me, that was actually a big part of me wanting to do this work on my relationship with food was I had met my now husband and um, I noticed that my thoughts around food and my body were really impacting my relationship with him negatively. And I kind of had this moment where I was like, either I do this work on myself or I know that it's going to negatively impact our marriage. And I really didn't want that. So, um, you know, it really like it impacts everything. I've worked with clients who it's, you know, doing this work has allowed them to show up more as their authentic self in their business. And they've seen their businesses grow. I've helped women who, um, you know, doing this work has allowed them to deepen their relationship with their their spouse. Um, and even with kids, like, um, you know, anyone who has kids knows that our kids mirror us. I'm recognizing that with my two-year-old, like everything I do, he wants to do. He wants to, like, if I'm cleaning the house, he wants to be right there with me doing it with me, which is great. I love that. (laughs) I'll keep that. But like our kids are mirroring us. And so um, they're seeing how we are with food. They're seeing how we talk about our bodies, um, seeing how we talk about other people, you know, so one of the greatest things that I like to think about is the legacy that doing this work can have not only on yourself, but on generations to come even. So um, that's just a little bit, I guess. But yeah. What you're saying was just having light bulbs go off in my head multiple times because I I have felt that before when I've gone on diets and then all of a sudden 
I rem- I have this experience where I saw an ad for this restaurant that I don't even like. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I have to have that right now. <laughs> and I called my husband and I was like, I want this food for some reason. Like, even though I've never, ever craved this in my life, but it's because, you know, my brain was like, we can't eat that. <laughs> so that makes so much sense. And I had never <clears throat> really, you know, thought about that or even the mindset in my business. Um, Because you're right, like, I've never thought about how the way I think about food or my body can affect the way I'm showing up for my business. But I, I've seen that happen. And I've seen it, you know, negatively affect my relationship with my husband, if I, you know, I'm like, Oh, I don't, I, I don't look good in this outfit, or I don't want to go to the beach in in this swimsuit because I, uh, you know, and then he's like, No, you look great. And then he has to like, pick up the pieces of like, when I'm not feeling great about my body. And if I feel good about my body, he, you know, he feels better about it too. So it's like affecting everything. And I've never really thought about that. So thank you for enlightening me there. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) Um, So let's dive in a little bit more to that mindset piece. So it sounds like the way we think about food and the way we think about our relationship to it can really affect everything you're like you're saying. So let's start first with mindset in terms of intuitive eating and what that kind of looks like and how maybe we people can give us like a you can give us a little intro into what it's like to work with you and what you help them with. And then let's talk about more about that business piece because our audience is business owners so I'm sure they would love to hear that. But Let's start with the eating. So what are some mindset shifts that you have seen either working with yourself or with your clients around eating that have been very impactful? Yeah. So one of the big concepts that I help my clients with is this concept of making peace with food. And so basically what I mean by that is um, just growing up in our culture in a very diet focused culture, naturally, a lot of us have these labels that we put around food, certain foods being good and other foods being bad. And this, I don't think most people realize how negatively this impacts how we eat and how we are with food. Um, And so, and what I'm not saying here that I think a lot of people miss get the miscommunication of is that I'm not saying that all foods are equally nutritious, but what I am saying is that there is a time and place or there can be a time and place for all foods in a healthy diet. And so what I notice a lot of times is when someone has this label of certain foods being good, certain foods being bad, what can happen is it's like that um, we call it the forbidden fruit mentality. So like if anyone knows the story of Adam and Eve in the Bible, um, there was the forbidden fruit that they were told they could not eat and they ended up eating it. So it's like the same way when we have foods that are off limits that we have in our heads are those are a ba- that's a bad food. I should not have that. I cannot have that. It in a weird psychological way, it draws us to that food because we're like always thinking about it. Um, and then what happens, we start this cycle of you eat the quote, bad food, and then you feel guilty about it. And then a couple things can happen there. 
either you, well, a lot of times for people is either, either you just wallow in the guilt and the shame and that doesn't feel good, or you do that and you end up just still eating more and more because you are thinking, well, I've already eaten this food. I've already screwed up. I'll just start again tomorrow. And so you end up maybe even overeating, right? And you're not, you're kind of losing that mindfulness because, and it all starts from that label, this food is a bad food. You eat it, you feel, you feel bad. And so it kind of starts this cycle. And um, a lot of times, this is one of the big reasons that I see people overeating. Um, so there's that component. And then um, as, as far as like good foods go, kind of the same thing. You're, if you are thinking, okay, this is a good food and I need to eat this, but you don't actually want it, you, you end up not enjoying it. So this is where like there might be foods that you are kind of even labeling as like this is a good food, a diet food, and you're like forcing yourself to eat it. You're losing that pleasure that could be there because you are feeling like you have to force yourself to eat it and you would in your head rather eat the other food. So that's where, um, so, okay. I'm, I was kind of like figuring out where I was going with that. Um, so a lot of the work I do with my clients is working on that mindset of, and getting rid of the good food, bad food labels. And what we do when we do that, when we see, okay, all foods are on an even playing field. And again, it doesn't mean that all foods are equally nutritious, but it just means that there's you don't have to feel guilty for eating a food. What you're able to do is actually use the part of your brain that is able to make a conscious decision and ask yourself genuinely, do I want this food or do I not want this food? If the answer is yes, enjoy it without guilt. And then you're going to be able to eat the brownies or ice cream and eat an amount that feels really good and then stop when you're comfortably full versus overeating it. Or you get to say, oh, you know what? I've had ice cream a couple nights in a row and tonight I actually don't want it. And you get that experience where you're like, you know what? Tonight I actually just want some tea or some dark chocolate or, you know, so you get to actually be the one. And this is where one of the things I talk about a lot is when you let go of control with food, this crazy thing happens. You actually gain more control because food, when you are labeling it as good or bad, it is what is it's what has the power over you versus you being the one who's empowered to be the one making decisions. And so you actually gain that control back. And it's something that I think is hard for people to grasp. But, um, you know, once you, I see this all the time with my clients and they're just like, mind's blown. They're like, oh my goodness, I can actually keep ice cream in my freezer and not feel like it's calling my name every night. Like I actually feel like I have control. This is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So let me give you an example from my own life and you can tell me if this is like what you're talking about. <laughs> so we, you know, my husband and I, we we try to eat healthy and take care of ourselves, but sometimes, you know, we're on the road or whatever and the fastest most convenient thing is going to be a fast food restaurant. And so will go and it's like, uh, okay, well, I'll think to myself, well, we're eating here. So I might as well get like the, the big, you know, big thing with the fries and also the chicken and maybe also the jalapeno poppers. Cause I'm here. So I need to like load up <laughs> and then 
I will eat it all and then have like a horrible tummy ache afterwards because my body did not need all that, all that food. And then I start to think, oh, I'm never eating fast food again because it just makes me feel so bad. <laughs> like, is that um, maybe what I should do instead is just think, you know what, maybe I would like those jalapeno poppers and that's it. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I think you're the only one who can know for sure. Yeah. But I think it's a good thing to just explore and ask that question of like, what actually do I want right now? And, you know, what, what sounds good? And even if you did decide, like, I want to, I want it all, like, I want the fries, I want the milkshake, I want the burger and whatever, like, let yourself have it. And then also notice how do I feel as I'm eating it? Just bring a little bit more mindfulness into it. And maybe you have a little bit of everything and then you leave some also, which doesn't save super great. But, um, you know, the best thing that people can do is to not bring judgment into their relationship with food. Um, And one of the best things that they can do is to just get curious. So for that case, you know, even just what you were doing right there of like asking yourself, okay, could I, what could I have done differently? I'm noticing that I don't feel super great when I eat all of this instead of going to shame and judgment, like, oh, how could I do that? And no, I'm so bad or, you know, whatever. Um, Just getting curious and being like, oh, I wonder what I could do even next time, what would have made this better? Maybe next time, like you said, like maybe next time I just want the jalapeno poppers and that's it. Um, or maybe I want to, you know, get some things and and we'll like, I'll split with my husband or something like that. Right. So um, what that does is it just opens up the ability to learn from everything that you're doing and you're going to get better and better at really building that trust with yourself and your body and having a good relationship with yourself versus the shame and judgment that can just keep us in that cycle of overeating or not being intuitive or not eating mindfully. Um, So yeah. So it sounds like it's not one size fits all. It's very much in tune with what the specific person wants and is feeling. Yeah. I think eating is so overcomplicated um, and it really is so easy. What makes it really complicated is all of the external diety, eat this, don't eat this. No, just kidding. You should eat this. You know, it's just like all contradicting and complicated and it really doesn't have to be. Um, When you get to the place where you just know your body and you just know what you know, you don't question yourself or overthink. A lot of my clients struggle with the overthinking, like all food decisions and understandably because there's like all these messages like in our heads um, about what we should and shouldn't be doing. And so, but if if we really just get down to trusting ourselves um, and really being in touch with what our, what sensations our body has. um, And it's like, an analogy I, I use sometimes is we don't question our thirst. Um, we don't question even like I have to go to the bathroom right now. <laughs> like we 
get the, and, and we have these physical sensations going on in our bodies all the time, but for some reason, we don't trust our hunger. We don't trust our fullness. We don't trust our cravings. We think they're horrible and a bad thing that we have to just eliminate. Um, and, you know, so if we can just get to the place where we trust ourselves, it really makes it really simple. So let's dive into a little bit of the mindset in terms of business. So how have mindset shifts helped your business? Is there any specific pivot you've made um, that has changed things for you? Yeah. So it's kind of funny. I feel like I am learning a lot of the same mindset things that I learned in regard to my relationship with food and my body image, but in the sense of business, which this is crazy, but um, something that I had a lot of when I was struggling with food was, um, and something a lot of my clients struggle with is this all or nothing thinking. Like I'm either doing it all or I'm doing nothing. (laughs) You know, it's like, there's no in between. And I noticed that about myself, even I am like, I find myself a lot of times getting into this place of just more and more and more. I have to do more and do more and be out there. And what I noticed for myself was that led, you know, for the first couple years of my business, I was just creating more, creating more blog posts and a membership and a podcast and really just thinking that if I just do more, I will be more successful. But one thing that's shifted is I've actually scaled a lot of that back and really just focused on um, just really going deep and providing lots of value for my people and even simplifying what I'm offering. So I only offer one-on-one right now. Um, And really just instead of thinking about doing more, just kind of finding that place in the middle where it's like, okay, I'm going to do these things and um, really put a lot of value into them. And that has made a huge difference. Um, And another thing I know we talked about was just believing that, like, I struggled a lot with imposter syndrome for the first couple of years. Um, to be honest, I I felt like for some reason I was not qualified to be a coach, even though my background's a nurse. Like, mm. there was, and it just goes to show. Like, I'd say this to people, and people be like, "What are you talking about? Like, you are so qualified." And it just goes to show, like, our brains can be just so such bullies sometimes, yeah. and they're just like. I think trying to protect us because they're, you know, they don't want us, our brain doesn't want us to get um, hurt or out of our comfort zone. It's like really out to just protect us, but that just can't, it's not always helpful when we're trying to grow a business and get out of our comfort zone, which I feel like so much, I don't know if you can relate, but like so much of growing a business is like, all right, let's get out of our comfort zone and then yes. get comfortable. And then, oh, we got to do it again. And it's like this effort all the time to get uncomfortable. Um, So that has been really helpful just to really believe that I offer something that people need and want, and I believe that wholeheartedly. And um, I genuinely believe that, you know, I can change someone's whole life. And I I say this too, like someone's, you know, the people I work with, they are never going to feel like they have to have, they have an issue with food ever again. They're never going to have to diet again. Like I believe that, but I think getting to that place is really important, no matter what your business is, where you believe wholeheartedly that people need and want your product. Because when you believe that 
you're going to show up with so much confidence that you're going to be magnetic to people. Mm. They're going to just want to work with you. And it's not going to come from the sleazy, like, let me coerce you into buying from me. Um, it's going to come from like, genuinely, I want to help you. I want to serve you. I love you. And like, I don't know what, I just get very into it because that's really where I've gotten to. But I think there's this idea with sales that it has to be sleazy and we have to coerce because nobody actually really wants your product. Um, they, you, you just need to like blind them and get them to sign the paper, you know? So, um, anyway, I just kind of shared a lot there, but those have been a couple of things that have really made a huge difference. Well, I relate to that so much. Um, I, I've talked about this a lot on my other podcast, um, crush your goals with Christy. And I talked about how my business journey has not really made sense. And in the last couple of years, I really have struggled with imposter syndrome a lot because I'm trying to get into the online space and it's so crowded, I feel like. And there's so many people doing even the same things that I'm doing and I can just feel like, oh, I'm not I'm not as good as them. Why am I even doing this? No one's ever going to buy this. And when I think those things, then that's what I'm putting out to the world when I show up on Instagram and of course, no one's going to want to buy my product if I don't think anyone wants to buy my product. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're not alone. And I think that a lot of people do struggle with that. And it's okay to be it's okay to be vulnerable and to say that I'm struggling right now. And the mindset shift is is huge. I think it it's like number number one foundational to getting back out there and, and showing your value to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, with food, with your mindset around food, how that impacts everything. Like it's just your mindset in general. That's really what it is. It's like you're, like you said, the mindset is the foundation because from there, like, for example, if you are feeling, or if you're thinking people want to, work with me or people want what I offer. How do you feel when you are thinking that you're feeling empowered? So how are you going to show up when you feel empowered? You're going to go out and literally tell everyone that you can about your product because Mm -hmm. you truly believe that. And you're going to show up in a way that is going to be, like I said, so magnetic that people are going to want to work with you versus if you're thinking nobody wants to buy my product I don't have anything to offer. You're going to maybe show up with this timidity and nobody, and, and you're going to create that result for yourself. Mm-hmm. Nobody is going to buy your product. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I have done the, I've like done the focus on the strategy. I've done the focus on the mindset and I have noticed a huge shift, um, in business growth in focusing more on mindset than strategy. Hmm. That's amazing. Victoria, it has been so amazing talking to you. I feel like we could go on for 30 more minutes, (laughs) but we are out of time. So what I want to do here at the end is give you a chance um, to tell people where they can find you and how they can work with you um, and anything else that you want to leave us with before we go. Sure. Yeah. So you can find me at my website. It's victoria-yates.com. 
And um, I'm over, also over on Instagram. My handle is at nondiet underscore RN. And then I also have a podcast. It's called the Redefining Health Podcast. And you can come listen over there. Um, and then lastly, if anyone is interested in just learning more about working together or even you feel like you want some clarity about what you're struggling with when it comes to food, um, I offer a free consult for anyone who's interested that you can find and book at my website. Awesome. Thank you again for being here. You're so welcome. Such a pleasure. Don't forget to follow Victoria. She's at non-diet underscore RN on Instagram. I so enjoyed this conversation with her and I'm sure that you did too. So go and show her some love. If you want to know more about the Rising Tide Society and how you can join, visit us online at greenville.therisingtidesociety.com. You can also find information about other chapters in the upstate or contact us through that website to get information about finding your local chapter if you live somewhere else. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.